Well, one of the joys of pastoring this great church is I get to hear the music twice. <laughs> Man, that's tremendous. Thank you so much, Wes, for filling in for Brother Aaron today. I hope you continue to remember that family. Turn, if you would, to Psalm 116. Psalm 116. We'll look at one verse, verse 12, and we'll go through a few more too. But uh, everybody talking about giving. This is the time of the year when we give at Christmas and New Year's. It's, uh, uh, and God's been good. God's been good to us. And yet the greatest gift that's ever been given, of course, we know is the Lord Jesus Christ. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. And we understand our resources are in the Lord. Our strengths are in the Lord. They're not in ourselves. Now he's saying it's our turn. It's our turn. Look, look at verse 12. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Now, in a Baptist church, immediately, people are going to say, well, he's going to preach on money today. I'm not going to preach on money today. I've never seen, I've been in ministry going on 48 years now. I have never seen a Baptist with a money problem. Never have. Never seen anybody. It's just not there. You say, oh, yeah, I know some tightwads. Ain't got nothing to do with money. You say, well, it's going to be about time. Preacher, I'm so busy, I can't do anything else. I've never seen a Baptist have a problem with time. Never seen them had a problem with talents. See, the problem we Baptists have is a heart problem. You get your heart right and the money will belong to God. You get your heart right, your time will belong to God. You get your heart right, your talents will belong to God. In the middle of this psalm, I, I think he just has one of them Baptocostal fits here. He, he begins to say, well, my soul, all that God has done for me, what can I render back to him? Now, some of your translations may say give, and that's all right, the same principle. But the word render is an old English word that means I give back to him because he's given something to me. It's not just freely give, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. The Bible teaches that. But this word render means because someone has given me something, I want to turn around and give him something back. Because of all of what God has done for me, I want to know what can I render to God? What can I give back to God? Now, uh, and then verse 12, of course, use that word benefits. Look, if you would, at verse 1 of, chapter, uh, of Psalms 116. I love the Lord. That, that's a mouthful right there. I love the Lord. Mm. Can you say that this morning? I love the Lord. I mean, I love the Lord. Because here's why. He's heard my voice and my supplications. Because he has inclined his ear unto me. Therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. Anybody here know that God still answers prayer? I mean, you call on God and God answered that prayer. And you say, look, I'm going to call on the Lord because he's inclined his ear to me. And then verse 3 says, the sorrows of death compassed me. And the pains of hell got a hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I'm so glad that's in there. I was brought low and he helped me. Return unto thy rest, O my soul. For the Lord hath dealt bountifully with me. 
For thou hast delivered my soul from death, and mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. Wow. You see, our God answers our prayers. Our God comes to our rescue. Our God helps us when we cannot even help ourselves. He said, when I was low, he reached down and picked me up. He speaks to us. He's he's above us. He's beneath us. He's around us. He's before us. He's behind us. He's with us. But bless God, he's in us. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes and dwells in us. So because of all God's done for us, what can I render to him? Well, the psalmist gave four ideas here. And every one of them start with the words, I will. Could I just tell you this morning, if you're going to do anything for God in 2019, you're going to have to start with those words, I will. If you're just going to sit back in your easy chair and just let everything roll, you're not going to do anything. You've got to make a determined decision that you're going to do something for God. That you're going to let God fill you with your Holy Spirit and you're going to do what God asks you to do. He said, I will. The first I will here is in verse 9. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. You want to know what you can do to render to God? Just walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Those people all around you, walk before the Lord. Talk's cheap. Got a lot of talk about Christianity. Lots of talk about it. But I tell you what this world needs to see is that there's some men and women and young people and children who are willing to stand up and say, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. We're not talking about the dead. We're talking about the living. We're talking about people that you go to work with, people you go to school with, people you fellowship with, people you go to uh, buy groceries with. You know, hmm. Let me tell you, folks, if Noah walked with God and if David walked after God, bless God, we can walk before God. Because we've been, we enjoy the benefits of the presence of the Holy Spirit. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake. In the good times, there's God. In the bad times, there's the Lord. In the high times, there he is. In the low times, there he is. We, of course, you young people won't, you think it's old, but, you know, a song that's written in the 50s or 60s is not really old. That's really just a chorus, you know. I mean, it's new young. But somewhere back there in the 60s, I think, maybe late 50s, uh, a guy by the name of Rollins wrote a song, and it, it asked these questions. Are your crosses too heavy to bear and to carry and your burdens too heavy to bear? Are there heartaches and tears and anguish and there's no one who seems to care? Are there shadows of deep disappointment and trust that have proven untrue? Has the darkness of night settled around you? Has your hope and your faith wavered too? Has the storm overshadowed your sunshine and life lost attraction for you? Have the dreams that you cherished been broken? Is your soul filled with bitterness too? And the chorus says this, Standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. He's the friend who always cares and understands. Standing somewhere in the shadows, 
you will find him and you'll know him by the nail prints in his hands. Listen to me this morning. I don't care where you're going, child of God. The Lord's going with you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he walks with you. He talks with you. He sleeps with you. He eats with you. He goes with you. Quit talking about Christianity. We've got a lot to say about it today. But what we need to do is show people how you walk before God in the land, a land that is wicked, a land that is sinful. One day, your name's going to be in an obituary. And somebody's going to have something to say. I was telling Becky, uh, of course, we, we've had some, for uh, in the last few years, uh, we've sent some great people out of this place to a place called heaven. And Friday was no exception. I was telling Becky, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't want to be ugly, but I'll do 20 funerals if I don't have to do one wedding. Bless God, I've never seen anybody set up in that casket and say, I didn't like that. <laughs> you, you, you said something wrong. I've never had that happen. But boy, these weddings nowadays, you don't know what's going to happen next. And I always, if you've been here and I've married you, you know, I always look at that bride and say, honey, this is your day. And she's got things all planned out. And then in she comes, that dear mother of the bride. She's got her old agenda. And then, bless God, here comes that mother-in-law. And she's got her own agenda. I'm just telling you. But I was telling you how precious it is as a pastor to be able to preach a funeral of many that I've done in the last few years and never have to try to grasp for words because they've already preached their funeral. By the time you get up here, everybody already knows about you. I can make up, and I will. I'll try to be the best I can to make up anything I can, <laughs> short of just outright lying. <laughs> but it's so precious. What, what, what are they going to say when you come here? What are they, they going to put in your obituary? Did you honor God? Did you live for God? What God did for our fathers and our mothers and what God did for our grandfathers and our grandmothers, he'll do for us. And what he's done for us, listen, God took this out of my vocabulary. I used to worry so much about my kids and my grandkids because of the way the world is going and all of that. And you think, what in the world? Let me tell you something, folks. The same God who raised us up can raise our kids and grandkids up. May we walk before God in the land of the living. And then the second thing there is in verse 13, just right out of the scripture. Anybody can preach this. I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I'll walk before God in the land of the living. I will take the cup of salvation and I'll call upon the name of the Lord. If you're here this morning and you've never been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, if you want to do something for God, let me tell you what you can do for God. Fall on your face, bow your head, and say, oh God, I'm a sinner, and I need to be saved. That'll not only be a blessing to God, it'll be a blessing to you. He uses the word cup. Mm. I had a guy yesterday 
at the produce uh, department. He said, preacher, I'm not saved. I'm, I'm kind of an atheist. You think God loves me? I said, yeah. Well, how do you know? I said, you're not dead and in hell, are you? Because that's where you're going to be. So he still loves you enough right now to save you. If you're sitting here this morning and you've never been saved, and you say, I don't even know what that word means. Well, it means surrendering everything to God and letting him take over your life. You've never done that. I want to tell you the greatest thing you can do. It's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. He, he, the Bible talks about the wells of salvation. The Bible talks about the altars of salvation. But here, he uses the cup. I will take the cup of salvation. I think he's probably referring to the upper room when he instituted the Lord's Supper. When he said, as oft as you drink this cup, remember me. Or maybe he's referring to Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. You say, well, the word cup ain't in there. Well, sup is. That's what you do to a cup. You sup it. Amen? Common sense is coming back in 2019. The greatest thing you'll ever do for God is to bow your head and accept the blood of Jesus and have fellowship with him. I will take the cup of salvation. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. The third thing is found in verse 17. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. Now, I love thanksgiving. I can eat dressing 365 days a week, a year. In a week, too. I love it. <laughs> I love it. There's only one problem here. He doesn't just say, I'll give thanksgiving to the Lord. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Because we're thankful for what God's done. But he puts another word in front of it. He said, I'll give the sacrifice of thanksgiving. See, when you put that word sacrifice in front of that, what you're saying is, is that this may cost you dearly. This is valuable. This is going to be hard to do. It's not always easy to say, praise the Lord or thank you, Lord. It's not always easy to say hallelujah, but it's always right. It may not be easy, but it's right. The Old Testament, they offered a sacrifice. The blood was shed, and then the altar was, uh, was the uh, sacrifice was laid on the altar there. And, and then the priest would walk into the Holy of Holies, and, and the, the one time of a year there, and he would represent the children of God, and he would be in the presence of God. But when Jesus came, he became our perfect sacrifice. He gave his life for us. That, that veil in that temple that used to say, Gentiles, stay out. When Jesus died, that thing ripped from the top down. It doesn't say Gentiles stay out anymore. It says Gentile, come on in. The sacrifice. He gave his life. Preacher, I'd like to get a hold of God when I pray. Well, let me tell you how to do it. Don't gripe. Don't complain. Don't murmur. Don't grumble. Just begin to offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving.
You begin to praise the Lord, and suddenly you're in the presence of God. I was looking around to see, but I don't see. A lady texted me this morning, 7 o'clock. Now I was up. That's about it. But I was up. She said, I don't feel like coming to church today. I'm not going to be there. I texted her back. I hope I hadn't missed her. And I said, that's when you need to come. I don't feel like doing that. That's when you need to do it. I don't feel like serving God. That's when you need to serve God. Because you start doing that. You're here in the mully grubs and you're down in the dump and you call what they call depression or, or recession or whatever. Uh, hey, set your eyes on somebody that's lower than you are and be a blessing to them. And it won't be long. You'll forget who you are. God will get a hold of you and you'll just be having the time of your life. That sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise, when we begin to do it, it won't be long. We'll be in the presence of Almighty God. I will walk before the Lord in this world. I will take the cup of salvation. I will offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. There's one more I will here in verse 18. I will Pay my vows unto the Lord, now in the presence of all his people. You want to know what you can give God? Why don't you just be honest and give him what you've already told him you'd do? See, I, I mean, I, I, I'm just trying to help us. Tomorrow and the next day, will be the two lionish days in the entire calendar. Now listen, don't sit here this morning and say, well, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Bull. <laughs> Why don't you say I'm going to lose one ounce? And if that goes good for you, then move on up. <laughs> now, now, we've laughed, but here's the serious thing. The Bible says it's better not to vow than it is to vow and not keep it. So we're not talking about money. We're not talking about any of that. We're talking about obedience to God. We're talking about obedience. I've, I've sat on dozens of bedsides, and I've sat in living rooms, and I've sat around dining room tables and kitchen tables, and I've sat out in the backyard in the swing and heard people say over and over, Oh, preacher, if God will do this, then I'm going to do this. And then suddenly you're not doing this. If you want to honor God, just do what you said you'd do. I'm going to keep my vows. I'll pay my vows unto the Lord. Hmm. That's why we call these things marriage vows. I mean, can you imagine a young guy up here with a beautiful girl, and suddenly some preacher starts talking about when the sickness comes, now you've got to stay with her. Woo, I didn't buy that. When y'all are poor and you ain't got no money. Man, I remember over on Preacher's Row in 1973 at ETBU, Thanksgiving, didn't have enough money to buy gas to go home. We pooled our money together and had macaroni and cheese. That's it. It was good. 
some folk from Mississippi was over there, and they said, what's this black spot in here? I thought, y'all don't know what pepper is? <laughs> Just do what you said you'd do. That's marriage vows. To death do us part. You say, I didn't sign up for all that. You signed up for all of that. Now, I, I know there, there's reasons for divorce, and I, I'm not knocking that. Please don't ever think I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just telling you that there ought to be a church somewhere that tells these young people the truth, that you find the mate God wants for you, and you don't settle for what's good. You settle for who God wants you to have. He may not look as good as I look, <laughs> but only one can have me. <laughs> I'm just telling you, we need to be honest with our young people. Don't you go into marriage thinking, well, if this don't work, we'll be able to get rid of it. I, I, that's not the way it is. How many times have I heard people say, preacher, I tell you, if, if I could just get, if God would do this, I'd be a soul winner. If God would do this, I'd read my Bible. <laughs> I was driving out to Mason Creek this morning. This thing popped up on my phone. Your review of the week. And I thought, what is that? I've never seen it. They reviewed what time I spent on the phone this week. I didn't know they did that. If I figure out how to turn it off, I will, but I spent 26 hours and 40 minutes on, the, on, on social media, on the phone itself. Three, uh, four hours of that was productivity. That means that I was doing, calling people and actually doing things. The other 22 hours was Facebook or ESPN or or, you know, something like that. I thought, my soul. I didn't spend 22 hours praying this week. Mm. I'm not going to tell you how many, I did, I, but I didn't spend that. <laughs> I didn't spend half that. Just do what we said we'd do. Because God wants obedience. You remember, obedience is better than sacrifice. You remember that's in the Bible? See, when God gets obedience from us and we say, Lord, whatever you want, I'll do it. Then he's got our money. When he gets our obedience, he's got our time. When he gets our obedience, he's got our talents. I'll walk before him in this living world. I'll drink the cup of salvation. I'll offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And I'll keep my vows. I'm going to live for him because he's worthy. Anybody here this morning, God's just been good to you? Anybody here this morning, God's been better to you than what you deserve? Anybody here just been overwhelmed? What was that song, Wes? Uh, the, the, the love, amazing, amazing love. I'm amazed by you. When's the last time, honestly now, that you just sit down and say, Lord, you amaze me. Man, you, you've done some stuff I didn't know you could do. I, years ago, I read this book, The Family Coach, Dad, The Family Coach. I don't have time to get on that this morning, I don't think. 
Well, I do have a little time. <laughs> Dad, the family coach. Let me tell you what would, would please God is some of you husbands and dads would just get on your face before God and say, I've failed, but I'm going to tell you, God's not interested in your past. He's interested in your present and your future. And you could go home and turn your family around. You could do it. Moms, you could do the same thing. I, I read Facebook. I see. You say, well, my husband won't do this. You ought to be ashamed for uncovering your husband anywhere. You took an oath to be faithful to him, not to tell anybody else about anything. You got a problem with your husband or wife, you go to God with it. But when you go to somewhere else, you have sinned before God because the sacred marriage vows are sacred. Same thing about griping about your church. I, all right, I'll get over that. <laughs> Dad, the family coach, Dave Simmons was who it was. He said he had a little girl, Helen, eight years old, and a little boy, Brandon, five years old. And they were going to Cloverleaf Mall in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. He was going to Sears to buy him a scroll saw. And when they got there, there was an 18-wheeler up there in the parking lot. Now, that means, young people, you don't have any idea what this means. But it used to be we would let an 8-year-old go off by theirself. Amen? Uh-huh. I was hunting in the woods with four tens when I was 9 years old. You let somebody say that now, and it's child abuse. The latest child abuse came out this, this week, too. If you're a tall man and you're trying to marry a younger woman, that's abuse. Uh, a shorter woman, that's abuse. I'm not sure how they figured that out, but the first one I thought about was Lonnie Stanley. Where are you at, Lonnie? <laughs> right there. Man. <laughs> anyway, they pulled up, and here's eight-year-old Helen and five-year-old Brandon, and they're saying, Daddy, Daddy, uh, the, the petting zoo is over there. And you would go, and you'd, you'd pay a little money, and you could get in the, the arena with all of the furry animals and everything and so he, he flipped a quarter to each one of them and said go have a good time I'm going in Sears and I'll come back and pick you up over there he said after just a few wasn't very long few moments he looked up and there was Helen in Sears with him and he said what, what are you doing here and she said well uh she said <laughs> she looked up at me with those big brown lipid eyes and said, Daddy, it costs 50 cents. So I gave Brandon my quarter so he could go enjoy the petting zoo. Well, he said, Honey, why would you do that? Why don't you come back and get more money? The little eight-year-old Helen said, uh, Our family motto has been love is action. And I've watched Mama do it, and I've watched you do it, and today... I did love in his action. I gave my quarter to my brother. Well, uh, he knew nobody loved those animals more than her. So what do you think he did? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Now, if that had been me or that had been you, we'd have whooped out 50 cents and we'd say, you go enjoy it, honey. But he said, let me get my saw. And then he took Helen by the hand and they went back over there. And he said, Helen just leaned up on the, on the railing of the fence. 
watching Brandon having a good time running around with all the animals. And he said, I had 50 cents in my pocket about to burn a hole in it. But he said, I never offered it to her, and she never asked for it. He said, that day, my daughter learned that love is sacrificial action. She tasted what it was like. Now listen to me. A lot of us have forgotten what it's like to sacrifice for the glory of God. We've given out of our abundance and bless God, all that's wonderful. But I mean, this little girl here learned what it was like. The money was right there. She wouldn't ask for it. He wouldn't offer it. She sat right there and literally paid the price of sacrifice. See, love always pays a price. Always. Love always costs something. Love is always expensive. Love, when you fall in love, it benefits somebody else and not you. Love and sacrificial action means I do for somebody else and I'm not expecting anything. Love gives. Love does not grab. Helen gave her quarter to Brandon and wanted to follow through and she had tasted sacrifice. Mm. Let me ask you something this morning. Maybe you uh, need to fit in on one of these I wills here. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. He's not talking about the dead here. He's talking about the living. Maybe today you just need to come to the altar and say, you know what? People at work have no idea that I even love Jesus. Oh, they know I go to church. So does everybody else in America. They all are Christians. Everybody's Christians. Maybe this morning you need to say, I will drink the cup of salvation. I'll do it today. Maybe this morning you'll say, I, I will offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I'm going to praise him. Maybe this morning you'll just take your family by the hand and say, let's come down here at this altar because we're going to be a family. Lord, you know every one of our hearts in this place today. I'd ask you, Lord Jesus, to have your precious and sweet way. God, this morning, I pray you will speak to our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that we'll get like the psalmist. We'll begin to think about all you've done for us and all the blessings you've given us. And, Lord, we'll just have to say in our heart, all right, Lord, what can I render unto you? What can I do for you, Lord, that would bring honor and glory to you and would, would further the kingdom of God? What, what could I do, Lord Jesus, to encourage my family and my friends? And, Lord, I've got friends that are lost. And, and Lord, would you help me live before them in a way that they could see Jesus in my life? Lord, this morning, you'd say, I, I know I'm not saved. I know I'm not saved. But, Lord, right now, I surrender my life to you. I give it all to you. Maybe this morning you say, Lord, I'm just going to give the th sacrifice of thanksgiving. Maybe this morning you say, Lord, I remember when there was a time I fell on my knees. And I promised you if you'd restore my voice, I'd sing in the choir. And I've not done it. Maybe there's a time when you fell on your knees and you said, God, if you just heal my son or my daughter 
God, if you just do this, I'll do this. You have to admit today you hadn't done it. Oh, God, I pray you'd bring us to you today as we get ready to leave 2018 and go into 2019. Mm. May we be willing to be obedient to you. In Jesus' name. Would you stand together?